Welcome to the RW Plus B Podcast. Clearly on a path to have an even better labor market over time. What, is the, what are the big threats to our getting there? Well, I would say right very near the top of the list is the threat of, of price stability. It, of, of If inflation does become too persistent, if these high levels of inflation get entrenched in our economy and in people's thinking, then then inevitably that will lead to much tighter monetary policy from us, and it could could lead to a recession, and that will be bad. That, of course, was the Fed's Jerome Powell making statements that um, basically just re-solidify the, the truth, the fact that the Fed is intended to be a blunt tool and in, in, in fighting inflation, the goal is to force a recession. EA for us, right? Welcome to the RW Plus B podcast, episode four. Brand new format as we are streamlining things. Today we will be looking at some of the biggest stories from around the world. Both political and entertainment. I'm going to be doing a review of a uh, a brand new Dungeons and Dragons release. It's going to be fun. We'll be taking a look at a record recommendation I have for the week. And we'll even talk a little bit of New York sports. Why not? Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. 33 million people are currently dealing with chaos and in un- uncertainty. Over a thousand human lives already lost. Numbers are just climbing alongside countless pets, livestock, and other animals. Millions of acres of crops have been destroyed and almost a million homes have as well. By the time you're hearing this, it might even more dire because the rain continues regardless with a terrible series of floods and deadly weather that's been raging on since June. This is all taking place of course in Pakistan, a country that has contributed almost nothing to global emissions that continue to fuel the climate crisis. In fact, a tweet from from Greenpeace UK points out that the country is responsible for less than 1% of global emissions and is currently one-third underwater and facing, you know, over 10 billion in flood damage. Meanwhile, residents in Jackson, Mississippi are facing a water-related crisis of their own thanks to a combination of decaying infrastructure that continues to burden Americans alongside climate crisis-related storms. Nearly 200,000 are now unsure when they will have access to clean running water again, and they are running out of bottled water. They join several other communities around this very country that are facing the same issue. Of course, it's not just in Flint, people. 
People in China are under distress following a record heat wave dominating the Asian country. More troubles await residents in the form of energy demands. The Europeans are currently still dealing with droughts of, uh, of historic levels. As an added cherry on top of this shit-covered weather-based Sunday. Let's take a step back and address the biggest, the biggest issue in all of this. We aren't actually trying to combat the crisis. We aren't. We are so beaten down by the system that many of my fellow Americans have just straight up eaten up propaganda and believe that the IRA, that the Democrats just pushed forward and have been doing PR stunts, uh, stunts with, that it will actually be helpful to the cause. The worst offenders in causing this entire mess are clapping for the news, folks. This was a backroom deal made by two corporate stooges. And if you believe that this bill, one that the oil industry has been clapping for, if you believe that this will actually help combat climate change, you're fucking stupid. It's that simple. Of course, Biden is also uh, promising to increase funding to police and military, which he has been doing this entire time as president, so we should not be surprised. This following yet another terrible shooting by police officers will... Uh, Donovan Lewis C. Justice. We'll see. How are we addressing the crumbling infrastructure in our country, though? That might be a question that you are asking yourself right now. Well, the answer is that we basically aren't. Another one of Biden's quote-unquote successes one that people claimed was going to help with this issue is essentially like trying to cover a decapitated torso, like with a band-aid, thinking that that solves the problem. It, it doesn't work. Instead, we are too busy sending as much money as humanly possible into a proxy war, one that there can be no discussion on, brought to you currently by the party of identity politics. Oh, and just to be clear, um, you are not as against racism as you might think you are if you voted for Jim Crow Joe, the man who wrote the crime bill and has been working hard his entire career to expand the prison industrial complex. And I know, I know, you didn't vote for him. You voted against Trump. I know. 
can we at least admit now that that was a mistake? That accepting what was put in front of you just because it was a tiny bit better. Basically, it wasn't as abrupt in its tyrannical nature. That that was a mistake because it has encouraged the party, the Democratic Party, it has encouraged them to continue filling in NATO, to continue to be the party of diet fascism. If we can't admit that, where, where, where are we, people? A special election in Alaska has several Democrat supporters rejoicing, believing that they have succeeded with a major accomplishment. Problem, of course, in this triumph over Palin is a failure to understand Alaskan politics, something I actually do care about, funny enough. You see, they use a ranked choice voting system there, something I strongly support and think would be a major, major plus for the American populace if it was used more widely. Palin is a popular figure, but a controversial one. And because of this dynamic, she lost. Because of that, in ranked choice, she lost. This was a special election, though, for a seat that comes right back up um, due in, in November. The Republicans aren't complete dipshits, and they understand that they need to attack hard on ranked choice and to sell a very specific narrative that will ensure that Palin is going to be taking that seat right back. This red wave, of course, is no longer guaranteed. I know many are fearing it occurring. Regardless, I personally am fearful of this. And again, it's not completely guaranteed anymore, but I still believe it's going to be occurring in a way. The House basically seems guaranteed to switch. The Senate at this point, though, is becoming very questionable. Of course, as Trump is popping up and reminding people that this right now is still the party of him, him as the figurehead, it's not doing favors. So Republicans were wanting to just run on the idea. They made it very clear not that long ago, too, when they were being asked basically what they're campaigning on. They were wanting to make it clear that they are the party of not Biden. They didn't have to push policies and true positions on anything outside of culture war bullshit. But here comes Trump, and now they have to mainly fall in line and be the party of Trump. And we saw in 2020 how many people are willing to vote against that. That can be an issue. It's the exact same reason why many Republicans have, uh, Republicans have been pushing for Trump to postpone his, uh, his announcement that he is going to be running in 2024, which he will be, even if it's from behind bars, he will be. 
Oh, and of course, many Americans across the supposed aisle um, actually are very much against what's going on with abortion rights right now. Texas has spent more than $12 million on shipping out asylum seekers as if they were just little action figures meant to be played with. And Arizona is closing in on $4 million. The FDA has approved two boosters meant specifically to target the subvariants, and you are no longer going to be able to order those free rapid tests from the government anymore by the time you hear this. And in Saudi Arabia, two women, one an activist, have been sentenced to well over 30 years in prison for social media posts. These, of course, are allies of ours, mainly because of their oil, but I digress. Oh, uh, though, a side note, the IDF are terrorists. Anyways, the UN has condemned China's assault on Uyghur Muslims and other minorities. After months of delays on such a statement, a former representative has confirmed that prior to stepping down, she had received pressure on this statement. That's it for this segment. Let's move on. We are now going to be doing a review of Spelljammer Adventures in Space. It's a nice new sturdy box set put out by Dungeons and Dragons. Now, it comes with three books. It comes with a Dungeon Master screen. And as I mentioned um, briefly a moment ago, it all comes in a very nice, sturdy box. I guess one, uh, can't remember what they're called. Uh, there's a specific name for them, but those, um, the ones that have like a slit on the side, slip cover. No, anyways, that was a stupid thing. Um, let's move on. So, Astral Adventures Guide is the first book that I'm pulling out. On the back it says, Welcome to the Astral Plane, the starlit realm that surrounds the worlds of the Dungeons and Dragons multiverse. Hop aboard a spelljamming ship and set a course for adventure. This book specifically includes backgrounds and races for player characters, spells and magic items, rules for running campaigns set, and Wild Space and the Astral Sea, ship descriptions and deck plans, and apparently details on the Rock of Brawl, an asteroid city that can serve as both an adventure location and a campaign hub. The art, once again, is beautiful, and the book quality is in line uh, with other releases during this edition. Say. Yep. Well made. Looks to have a decent layout. Uh, table of contents includes uh, it's broken down into intro, uh, character options, adventuring, and then that uh, that location 
is broken down in the last portion. A well-made book that I am sure I will be utilizing in my in my dungeon master work. Boo's Astral Menagerie, Menagerie um, is book number two. This one reads from the back, They came from outer space. The astral plane holds more than the promise of adventure among the stars. It is also home to some of the most fantastic creatures in the Dungeons and Dragons multiverse. Boo, the space hamster, whose adventures with Minsk the Ranger are legendary. Is it Minsk or Minsk? If I listened to more uh, nerdy podcasts like I should, I'm sure I would know how to pronounce that properly. But alas, I do not. Um, let's see. This is a compact collection of cosmic adventures to populate... Uh, of cosmic creatures to populate spell jammer adventures. Um, it is intended for dungeon masters, of course. It contains descriptions and stats for more than 60 creatures. Again, good quality. Artwork is fun. Let's take a look. Flipping through, yes, beautiful, beautiful art. The one that catches my eye first is the Kendori. The image I'm seeing um, is basically a pod of wells. Or is that just dolphins? I guess um, orcas or dolphins. Anyways, they are among the largest creatures found in all of wild space. They resemble aquatic wells in general shape and are mam mammals as well. They can be up to 80 feet long. Armor class 11, hit points 202. Their attack, they attack with their tail. Uh, of course, it's a melee. Plus 10 to hit, reach 5 feet, one target. 23, bludgeoning damage. Base. Again, I am completely certain I am going to be using several creatures from that very book. Um, if you are curious, I am running um, several different campaigns right now. One of which, though, is tying together essentially all of the others. Um, I'll talk about that on another episode if anyone is interested. Um, book three, the last book of this set, um, is titled Light of Xerixis, is how I'm going to pronounce it. I am probably pronouncing that wrong, um, and the bottom says a rollicking space adventure for the world's greatest role-playing game. This might be my favorite cover of the bunch, and honestly, yeah, looking at the three covers, this is my favorite of the set. Um, and on the back it says, Saviors of the Multiverse. When a cosmic enemy threatens to destroy their world, brave heroes must do everything in their power 
to save it. This quest will take them across the teeming oceans of wild space through the silvery void of the astral sea and beyond. And along the way, they'll make friends, encounter terrifying foes, and face one cliffhanger after another. Can they save the world before time runs out? It's a an adventure for characters of level 5 to 8. And it suggests that it could be either a standalone experience or to launch further spell jammer adventures. The screen is beautiful. It really matches the tone that you can tell they are trying to maintain for this for this um, for this set. And on the inside, you know, it's it's good stats um, and rules that you might need on the fly. You get some gorgeous art. Um, one of my things, one, one thing I love is whenever you have one of these screens that actually has some art for you as well. Because I love the art in these games so often that I find myself... Um, like during first sessions using them, um, like peeking over just to take it in every once in a while. Um, maybe that's weird. I don't know. Probably is. That's okay. But yeah, um, honestly, taking a look at this set, I got it on sale. It was, I want to say 44. Um, might have been 41. It's one of those two. But now that, now that it has arrived and I have gotten the chance to like Take a, take a look at it, I can easily recommend this for a few different people. First of all, if you are already a collector of D&D books, especially of the 5th edition, obviously, in this new uh, movement that they are, you know, in the middle of, if you have been collecting these books and have been actually using them, first, this is obviously something you probably already have or it's on the way um, so I don't even need to really go into that um, if you just collect specific books when they catch your eye I'm going to go ahead and recommend this one to you most likely at least because for the price and the amount of content you're getting and based off of my analysis thus far, the quality of it all, it's, it's, it's worth it. Especially if you are into the idea of mixing sci-fi with, um, you know, the fantasy world. Lastly, this is going to be the hardest to sell, but if you are actually new to Dungeons & Dragons, and most likely as a result to tabletop RPGs, this is a pretty decent starting point, at least after you get the initial core rules. Um, or honestly, if you get this coupled with like one of those nice starter sets they have, you can just you you got you, you got it. You got everything you need. Anything that you don't have, you can easily get online for free. Um, and, and you will have years of entertainment at your fingers. Um, 
So yeah, highly recommended. Uh, keep in mind, I am planning on doing uh, more indie review, like based reviews for tabletops uh, moving forward. But this is something I just received. I was excited to talk about it. selection for record of the week is Primeval Wells debut album from 2019 the music you were just listening to if you can already tell did indeed originate from said album now it is very rare that you can listen to a black metal album and feel as if the musicians that created it had a good time in the process. I'd argue that this album feels exactly like that, though. There is a lot of American folk and general country style riffs mixed in here that really create a dynamic that you wouldn't think would work, but somehow they make it work. Check it out whenever you get a chance. Before we move to the next segment, though, I do have one question for you. Is it really killing a plant? Or is it that the plant just didn't have what it takes to thrive in this modern world? Another question I have for you is, do you imagine bankers absolutely weeping at the idea that they loaned thousands of dollars to a teenager and now they can't afford to pay it back double what they had actually, you know, taken out on top of the uh, capitalized interest percentage that just makes it monstrous. Do you imagine them weeping? I kind of hope that they are. God knows we all are. Fuck it. I have another question. Have you ever heard of the latrine disaster of 1184? All the nobles of the Holy Roman Empire were all invited to a meeting uh, late July, if I remember correctly. And when they all gathered together, the the floor just collapsed, and all of the nobles um, basically fell through into the latrine that was in the cellar. Sixty uh, 
people, if I remember right, it could have been 50. Uh, don't quote me on that. But basically, a lot of people died. Um, very, very important people. And um, I know King Henry, I believe it was the sixth, um, he managed to survive, but only because he apparently did some type of like uncharted um, style uh, parkour bullshit to, to to get out of it alive. Now, let's go ahead and end this with what I call the MWO, uh, a segment focused specifically on New York, New Jersey, metro area sports news. The Major League Baseball playoffs are coming closer and closer, and the Yankees and the Mets look like they are going to simply run away with their divisions. This is fantastic news, and if I'm being honest, I am currently in strong support of the idea of a Mets-Yankees World Series replay, basically. Just um, don't ask me to make sense of why the Mets are just not calling up Vientos uh, right now, considering the expanded roster situation. In the football world, the New York Jets did indeed beat the Giants 31-27 to in the final preseason game for both of the units. Um, interestingly enough, the Jets did go 3-0 and during the stretch. The Giants uh, went 2-0, and only losing this affair. Um, neither are truly expected to do anything in the actual season, the games that actually matter, of course. Um, so the Jets are probably going to have to rely on this being one of the few bright spots of the season. As a diehard fan myself, I'm already uh, counting on that being a necessary um, stance to take um, as a fan because I don't see much in the way of optimism being a realistic approach right now. Yeah. And last note, Rutgers is preparing to start their 2022 campaign. In fact, by the time you are listening to this, they will have already started their season. Um, they are playing Boston Saturday, which was yesterday. Um, since this is going to be airing after the fact, let's go ahead and play a game of predictions and we can see if I was correct. Um, I do expect Boston to take the game. I am expecting it to be a close game though, um, and I'm expecting it to be a moderate, uh, moderate scoring game, uh, mid-range, pro probably, uh, 24-20, favor of Boston's where I'm going, um, you know, the Scarlet Knights last season, they went 5-7, and seven. um, I do know they did land that spot in the Gator Bowl whenever A&M, uh, dropped out, but, yeah, I just, I, I, I don't see this 
being a quick start for the team. It's going to be an uphill battle all season. And um, I guess we'll see if I'm right or wrong, though, and if I have to eat some crow. So with that, let's go ahead and call it an evening. Thank you sincerely to all that have uh, stopped by for previous episodes, listened to this one, um, etc., etc. And uh, I hope I have done enough to earn you back once more in the future. Take care of yourselves and others as much as you can. And have a fantastic evening.